today we'll be learning about Shavuot and uh, continuing in our uh, method of, of learning a segment and then meditating on it. We'll actually be learning three segments today. One, we'll be learning similar to how we learned about the five levels of each holiday. We did this for Pesach understanding a holiday according to five levels so we're going to do it today according to Shavuos and second we're going to learn a, a very very interesting idea about the number seven which is the central number of the whole Sphira but it also is Parshat Bahar which is talking about the sabbatical year and it ties in very very beautifully with the the lead up into Shavuos and then thirdly we're going to be learning about Shavuos in relationship to freedom and purpose so we'll start with the five levels of Shavuos and since we we learned about Pesach and Shavuos we'll see that uh, how this fits right in there because uh, according to Hasidic thought you could almost imagine the entire Sphira period being like Chol Moed whereas Pesach is the first day of the Chag the whole counting of the Omer is like the intermediate days the Chol Moed of the Chag and Shavuos is the culmination of the Chag that's how it's given over in Hasidut it's, all, it's like almost like one uh, sandwich between two holidays where everything in between is totally related to the beginning of the period and the end of the period okay so we'll start with the, the five levels the first is the historic uh, meaning of the holiday so this is the giving of the Torah a very interesting phenomenon though is in the Torah itself it does not designate Shavuot as the giving of the Torah we'll see that it's in the second level the agricultural this is something the commentaries have been asking for for ages it never actually says that the giving of the Torah was on this holiday we call Shavuot so how do we know (coughs) other than it being an oral tradition if you just do the homework uh, excuse me, the, 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 the math, yeah. then it works out because we're told to count the seven times seven weeks and we're told the 50th day is a holiday but in Parsha Yitro you get to coming to the mountain of Sinai it says explicitly that we came to the mountain of Sinai the first day of the third month this is Rosh Chodesh Sivan the first day of the third month and then Rashi tells us explicitly what happened every day leading up to the, the giving of the Torah so if you just follow the math it's like oh the holiday that they're talking about in the Torah which is actually called uh, the, the, the holiday of the first fruits Ah, it's the same time as the giving of the Torah. But the fact that it doesn't 
actually spell it out is a, a, a bit of a mystery. Uh, and of course you can imagine over thousands of years there have been thousands of uh, explanations why that is. I think that the most direct and simplest and, and maybe most relevant is that very, very similar to the reason that we don't know where Moshe is buried. It says in the Torah that Ad until this day we don't know where Moshe is buried because Moshe and his generation was like remember he came six hours late and they made other gods to replace him he was on such a pedestal with the people that it, there, there was a fear that his, his grave site would be um, come a little bit more than that it would be uh, he would Become be elevated. Disneyland, like yeah. Hala, well, Bar Yochai. <laughs> yeah, but even even more of elevating him, mm-hmm. like other religions have elevated men mm-hmm. into gods. Mm-hmm. That's a simple understanding. Why we don't know where Moshe is buried. So, so what's the connection with Moshe? Is that when we come to Sinai, so the verse reads. In the first day of the third month, on this day, they came to the mountain, to the desert of Sinai. So Rashi asks grammatically, wouldn't it be more correct to say, on that day, they came? Hmm. It's more consistent than saying, on this day, they came. It's like present and past. Hmm. So he asks, why is it? Very important, Rashi says, is to teach us that we should we should relate to the Torah that we learn as if it was given today. And so, a very beautiful explanation is that it's not mentioned in the Torah in order not to give us the impression that Torah was given one time on one specific day, and it doesn't have the aspect of. of constant uh, growth and renewal or the word for Jewish law is halacha walking, progressing growing process so I think it's a very beautiful explanation, very simple but very beautiful explanation certainly not, not the only one so that's the historical level that it's the giving of the Torah at Sinai the second level we learned was the agricultural slash nature connection of, of every holiday. So this one is super important because it even overshadows the giving of the Torah itself. The Torah describes it as the harvest festival. It's the, uh, really the wheat harvest, very, very specifically. It's not the fruits. The fruits are too early. It's the wheat harvest. And therefore, the offering that was brought was called Mincha Chadasha, a new Mincha offering, a new free will offering. And this is, except for the Thanksgiving offering, this was the only offering that was Chametz that was ever brought to the altar. All the other Mincha offerings were not Chametz. This is says specifically two loaves 
of bread from from the new from the new wheat harvest. They cooked it as bread. First? Yeah, 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 yeah. Two chalos. The, <laughs> right. the uh, Omer though was barley. Barley, right? Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure you've all heard of this at one time or other. The significance of that, and, and until this day, it's true. Barley ripens and is harvested much earlier than wheat. That barley, in those days at least, was considered an animal food. Hmm. Not that people didn't eat it, but it was basically feed. Whereas wheat, this was called a human food. So the, the famous teaching given over is that the work of these seven weeks is to elevate our natures from the animal nature to the human nature. Highly symbolic, but that's why the emphasis is on the barley on Pesach and the wheat on on Shavuos. And because we're counting the Omer every day and we're trying to do different uh, rectifications and purifications and elevations. So this is lifting our animal nature to uh, a more human nature. That's as we continue. That's we'll see the connection of freedom and purpose. It's very very connected to the channeling and harnessing of our animal nature for spiritual and divine purposes. So that's the second level, and that level was very, very important. I mentioned it once, is that in ancient Israel, the wheat harvest was the most important economic event of the year. The entire economy really rested on the success or the failure of the wheat harvest. This was the the commodity and it's called the staff of life for good reason. Is that, uh, and if you can imagine, if the wheat harvest fails, then you have a serious problem. It fails a number of years in a row, you have famine. Mm-hmm. That's the whole story of Yosef in Egypt. It was all the grain. It was all the difference between plenty and famine was grain. So the from the agricultural point of view the counting of the Omer was the anticipation of the harvest and the worry whether it would be a good harvest or not on the historical level it's the anticipation of receiving the Torah Okay, so that's the agricultural and the nature then we have what I call the theme of of the holiday and this is somewhat subjective we said that each holiday has, has a few words or concepts which become the centerpiece of the theme okay, so the theme is uh, what, what we're going to be doing uh, at the end of this class is and I'll explain it then is freedom and purpose of course it's receiving the Torah there is a theme of newness because the offering is a new offering and it's very very similar as a period of time that let's say from Rosh Chodesh Elo 
until Yom Kippur is like one period and we can look at Yom Kippur being the culmination, the apex of the whole process that started with Rosh Chodesh Elo. So it's the same thing with Shavuos. If you remember, we had a shiur on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the new month of Nisan. And we learned that that whole theme of Nisan is about newness. Pesach is coming, spring is coming, nature is, is liberated and everything is turning green, freedom is in the air. It culminates on Shavuos. That energy that began on Rosh Chodesh Nisan culminates in, in these two loaves of bread being brought because all the offerings were highly symbolic. Highly symbolic. So we have the idea of, of newness, we have the idea of uh, appreciation is because that's when we would start to bring the Bikurim the, the, the first fruits and so Shavuos also has a very very strong element of thanksgiving and appreciation on uh, Kibbutzim one of the I don't know how it is now but at least in the, the beginning decades leading up to the uh, formation of the state and afterwards Shavuos was a huge festival at secular kibbutzes for the agriculture element. They didn't touch the giving of the Torah, but they dressed up like Ruth and they wore yeah, yeah, yeah. garlands they had in their hair and they would do these dances. A, yeah, it was a huge holiday for the agricultural component, which is actually very beautiful because because the, the, the holiday encompasses both the historical and the agricultural. They're both important. They're both important. So obviously the true unity and rectification is if you had um, both of those aspects unified together. Okay, so the theme of freedom, purpose, commitment, commitment to receiving the Torah again, newness, thanksgiving. These are the ideas of, of Shavuos. The whole story of Ruth is about commitment. It's really about purpose and commitment. Then we go to the emotional and psychological. And this is very connected to what we have said, that Shavuos is coming as the culmination of seven weeks of soul and personality inner work. And so as we get closer and closer to Shavuos, these feelings should intensify. In other words, just, just like as we get closer to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, like many, many people, uh, we tend to squander the month of Elul. Even though the month of Elul is given to us on a golden platter as a means to really do uh, uh, inner work uh, it's called inner cheshbon and nefesh, inner accounting. But most people, right, a few days before Rosh Hashanah, slichot start, and then the bells start ringing. Okay, got to get serious now. Right? Rosh Hashanah is almost here. So as we get closer to Shavuos, we could start thinking that have I really been using these seven weeks 
to do what I could be doing. And if we haven't, so it's, it's an arousal. So, okay, so I'll use the last week. I'll use the last two weeks. I'll use the last two days to accomplish something. So the emotional and the psychological is grabbing onto that opportunity. And the other idea is very connected to the theme of, of newness and making a plea for the light of Shavuos. That, according to the Arizal, a tremendous light is revealed on Pesach. Enormous light. And then it's taken away. And then we have to do the work to make a vessel in order to receive it again on Shavuos. So as we get closer to Shavuos, it should elicit the same kind of anticipation and excitement that Pesach did. Well, something very spiritual is going to be revealed on Shavuos night. But we have to prepare ourselves emotionally and psychologically to really pick up on it. So it has, that is just, it has the potential to be the same light, that extra light yeah, that we're getting? Yeah. If not stronger, this is the light of, of, of receiving the Torah. This is like, this is a big light. A big light. This is a big light. So it mean, has potential for each of us personally, in our personal yeah. life, to be. Absolutely. Just like, right. right. Just like every holiday must be translated into our personal lives. So, in fact, I think it was two years ago, Friday night, uh, Shavuos night at Shir Hadash because there is a time between Mincha Mairev, so I gave the drasha. And that was the theme of the drasha. The theme of the drasha was, you know, it's very good to stay up all night learning and, you know, try to keep our eyes open right at five in the morning when we're davening to receive the Torah. But we, we have to be very aware, just like when we sat at the Seder of Pesach, and we said, Chayav Adam uh, every person has to see themselves as if they personally came out of Mitzrayim mm-hmm. I said the same thing is true on Shavuos in other words we have to spend at least a few minutes seriously meditating on what was it like to be at Sinai because according to our mystical tradition we were all there it's not someone else's story. Just like we came out of Mitzrayim, we stood at Sinai. It doesn't mean these bodies, and it doesn't even mean the exact soul that we have right now, but a component, at least, of our soul stood at Sinai. Absolutely. And so just like we work very, very hard on Pesach to try to recreate the slavery of Mitzrayim, and coming out of Mitzrayim and the plagues and the whole thing that we really have to do this on Shavuos because it's a very very uh, important five or ten minutes to take during Shavuos and really try to remember try to remember because it's in our collective unconscious in a very real way in fact that (coughs) is what they explain it's saying why 
all of the phenomena surrounding the giving of the Torah lightning and thunder and the earth shaking and cloud and the sound of the shofar getting louder and louder because it was and of course God revealing his being in a way that never before never after has been experienced at least by an entire people the, the idea was to engrave it so deep in our neshama that it wouldn't be forgotten and Rob Ginsburg teaches this idea that just like there are genes in a physical sense and DNA in a physical sense there is in a spiritual sense also in other words we pass on to our children not just our physical genes but engraved in our soul gets passed on to them also like that that's in the mother's milk and that's what we're told about the fathers and the mothers the patriarchs and the matriarchs the actions of the fathers and the mothers are assigned to the children so we're told not just a sign that we try to follow their lead but everything that they did they did it in such an intense spiritual way that it changed their inner being and that's why Avram gets a new name Avraham Sarai gets a new name Sarah because they became completely different people and this gets handed down Yaakov becomes Yisrael because they become different people and so therefore deep in our neshama is this memory is this experience at Sinai and a lot of people afterwards you know, told me they just they never even heard of this idea that this, what we should part of what we should do in Shavuos but it's a very very important part because if not it, it tends to be everything's on the outside it's, you, know, you, you go to a couple of shirim which is, I'm not, I'm not minimizing it. You go, but most people are fighting to stay awake. But that's commitment. People are trying to show that they're committed. But if we forget, like, well, what does this mean to me? Am I receiving the Torah again? Do I want to receive the Torah again on a new level? That's what we should be davening for in Shavuos. Is I want to receive the Torah on a new level. I want it to go in deeper. I want to understand it. I want to live it. Um, I, the concept, I'm thinking hypnosis for some reason, because it just seems like going back in time, and it, if you can bring back that sensation of that thunder and lightning, I and mean, if you could really come out of Shavuot feeling that. <laughs> See, I never put that as a goal before, and that's really... So you remind me, the beautiful not a story but a, a, a snippet it was said among the students of the Baal Shem Tov, they said among each other that when the Baal Shem used to teach them they could all swear that they heard the thunder and lightning and the shofar of Mount Sinai mm-hmm. well that's part right? of the spiritual being right exactly exactly and that he was yeah. very connected to it the Baal Shem Tov yeah. was so connected that he could then sit down 
in a very deep way. His yurt site is Shavuos. Yeah. Right? His yurt site is Shavuos. And also David and Melech. And we're told that part of the soul of the Baal Shem Tov was the nefesh of David and Melech. Baal Shem Tov had a part of the nefesh of David and Melech, and they both died on, on Shavuos. Okay, so one more level is the fifth level. And that's the mystical level. <clears throat> and that is what's called the mystical union of God and the Jewish people. So this in, in mystic literature <clears throat> becomes a very, very big aspect of Shavuos that the, the Zohar says explicitly that the seven weeks that we're counting is similar to how a woman counts her seven clean days in the laws of family purity. And before we received the Torah, it actually says in the Torah explicitly that everyone went to the mikvah. And then Shavuos is, is like mikvah night. It's, uh, it's the unity of Am Yisrael and, and God. So in, in mystic tradition, this becomes a, a big theme of how the love relationship and it was along with all the awesome uh, phenomenon on the physical level there's also this opposite very soft um, wedding union imagery of Shavuos okay, so we have the five levels which I'll just review and we're going to meditate on them and you can imagine it like a ladder don't even have to close your eyes. You can look at your notes, or you can concentrate on whatever level you feel that you want to develop. But we have the historical level, which is the giving of the Torah. And we could try to imagine what it was like to be there. We have the, the, the beautiful imagery of bringing the first fruits, the new offering of the new harvest of wheat, the agricultural level. The third level, we had the theme of freedom, purpose, commitment, receiving the Torah again, uh, thanking God for the, the bounty we have, and making a vessel for this new light. On the fourth level, the psychological and emotional, the idea of having Shavuos be the pinnacle of all the, the soul work that we've been doing during these seven weeks and just like Yom Kippur just kind of wrapping it all up into a way that we can walk away from the holiday with real changes in our life and then the beautiful imagery of the Yadid Nefesh the, the idea of God as being the beloved and Am Yisrael being the beloved of God it's like Shira Shirim we read Shira Shirim on Pesach it's again the culmination everything about Shavuos is a culmination of Pesach everything that began on Pesach it's a long period to try to keep those two together seven weeks is not look at our own life how much happens in seven weeks like really a lot of things happen so to try to consciously 
keep a bridge between Pesach and Shavuos, it takes a lot of conscious effort. It takes a lot of conscious effort, just like between uh, Rosh Chodesh Elul and Yom Kippur, to realize it's one cycle, it's one period, but you have to do it very consciously.